Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show. Yep, that just uh, we were so creative. We named the whole show after the host. <laughs> the phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. You can always find me on social media, EW Erickson, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, you name it. Uh, you can text the word show to 33777. You can get the podcast. You can get the the daily email that we send out. Um I got lots of thoughts this morning on this January 6th thing, but uh, I, I got a, I had to go find this because I was going to play you the audio uh, and we, we had the audio and I, I needed you to, well, I'm going to play you the, the, the I'm going to play you the audio, Joe Biden on Jimmy Kimmel. And we'll see how our audio stacks up against how it actually aired. But this is Joe Biden who says he's got a lot of things, uh, done, done a lot of major good things. He's having trouble communicating. No so, question So there's about a it. lot of major things we've done. But what we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, uh, um, let me say it another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate but it. But look how the press has changed. Mm-hmm. Look how the press has changed. It has changed. Oh, listen, it's, I, it's, I get it. I know you, get, you overstand it. You don't just understand it, you overstand it. (laughs) But here's the deal. One of the things is that it's very difficult now to have a, um, even with notable exceptions, even the really good reporters, they have to get the number of clicks on 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 nightly news. Mm -hmm. So instead of asking a question, anyway, it just, everything gets, gets sensationalized in ways that, but I'm convinced we can get through this. We have to get through it. And one of the things, look. I'm going to take a break, and then we'll talk a little bit more. I don't if you don't blame mind, you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have some of those commercials. I, 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 I we have some blame. biracial commercials we need to tell. Okay, yeah, that, that captures it sufficiently. Um, we, we don't need to play the actual jump through the commercial break. They, literally, he, he's, he's saying he's got a problem communicating. Jimmy Kimmel clearly is like talking to his granddad. Yeah, yes, communication, yes. The press, yes. Clicks, yes, Mr. President, yes. And... He can't really talk. Here he is as well. Uh, you, you heard Jimmy Kimmel say we got some biracial commercials. Well, this is Joe Biden earlier in that conversation. Oh, I'm serious. You turn on the TV. Look at the ads. When's the last time you saw biracial couples on TV? When's the last time you saw the way? I mean, people are selling products. They do ads to sell products and they sell products when people they appeal to people this generation is going to change everything we just got to make sure we don't give up biracial people on tv biracial couples he, he joe biden apparently hadn't hadn't seen them until recently one more the climate is something we could all look back at these days and go oh my god but we Why have made some progress there. There's five thousand, but but it's moving. It's moving. My mother used to say, "Everything bad, some good will come if you look hard enough for it." So the re, the reduction on the use of oil also increases the need to find alternatives. Mm-hmm. So you got that. Uh, the silver lining of all your high gas prices are that you can get clean energy now. That's that's your silver lining. Uh, you know who it's not a silver lining for? Uh, it's not a silver lining for people in Michigan. Listen to this report out of Michigan uh, from, it looks like, Good Morning America. 
up in Michigan, average for a gallon of gas hovering at just under five bucks at four dollars and 97 cents a gallon right now here in michigan gas prices have set a record high for seven consecutive days and according to AAA, many might be trying to stretch out whatever gas they have the company says in april they responded to more than fifty thousand out of gas calls that's a 32 percent increase from the same period last year now the sheriff here says it will likely be several months before a new fuel budget is passed this is in michigan a local sheriff's office in a county says they can't respond to every 911 call now can't respond to every phone we try to resolve those issues gas prices are so high the isabella isabella county sheriff's office here says they've actually blown through their fuel budget already so they will respond to some non-emergency calls by phone try to resolve those issues by phone now the national average for got that in joe biden's america and this is one of the ways the president can directly impact people is 911 they don't have the budget in this county to show up for all the calls now well done mr president well done so joe biden has this rambling on jimmy kimmel but he he, he didn't stop there by the way in, in fact if anything uh this was the end of the day at the beginning of the day let me read you this this is from politico playbook Joe Biden doesn't do many off-the-record chats with reporters. So the traveling White House press corps was surprised and intrigued when the president dropped by Air Force One's press section for one such session with them during a recent trip to the West Coast. But Biden wasn't just there to field questions. He had his own message to deliver. According to multiple people, Familiar with the off-the-record session, he used much of his time with reporters to criticize the quality and tenor of press coverage of his administration. This is There is growing frustration by the president and his family that he is not receiving the kind of generally more positive coverage they believe he deserves, that too often attention is focused on staff turnover and poor poll numbers and not a robust jobs market and America's relatively strong economic recovery. In addition to privately pushing reporters, the president and his team are also trying new tactics to change the prevailing storylines. Among them is an attempt to reframe the narrative around issues like inflation. His team published opinion pieces in the New York Times and Wall Street Journal in recent days under the president's byline, attempting to share his foreign policy vision and path to lowering costs for consumers. It's not going to work. It's striking to me to see the president of the United States blasting the media when this president is a Democrat. You got egregious coverage of Donald Trump for four years. If anything, the American press corps has been more sympathetic to and more forgiving of Joe Biden's tenure and office. And still, the economy is a disaster. Still, the economy, uh, it's not going so well. And Joe Biden wants to blame the press. If Joe Biden wants to communicate, again, let, let me play you this clip. This is Joe Biden. This is Joe Biden on Jimmy Kimmel. No so, question So there's about a it. lot of major things we've done. But what we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is uh, um, 
Make me say another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate. But it look how life. the press has changed. Mm -hmm. Look how the press has changed. It has changed. Oh, listen, it's, I, it's, I get it. I know you get. You overstand it. Yeah. You don't just understand it. You overstand it. <laughs> but here's the deal. One of the things is that it's very difficult now to have a um, even with, with notable exceptions, even the really good reporters. They have to get the number of clicks on, on, the, on nightly news. Mm -hmm. you, you don't click on the nightly news, Mr. President. I mean, I, I, I get the point he's saying that, that they've got to be sensational. That they've got to do stories that, that click. Um, I, I, um, I, I just, I'm, this is, look, I'm having trouble even coming up with the words to process what the president is, is doing here because this is not good when the president of the United States goes out to the media and says, y'all got to do a better job of covering the positive. And let me tell you how I want you to communicate and what I want you to focus on and, and corn pop, corn pop grab bag, honey bunches of oats. Wild things, clicks for the press, wild, amazing. You under, overstand, understand, overstand. I told you, you understand, overstand, beatbox, wow. I mean, that's essentially the message of the president of the United States. When he says, I got a great thing, I've done good things, let me tell you about it. Honey Bunch's vote, beatbox bad, wow, cow, pow, corn pop, whoa. Are you okay, Mr. President? Absolutely, you're just focusing on the clicks, man. <laughs> just i'm sorry listen joe if you want the white house uh press corps to communicate your message you gotta start you go first corn pop go first tell them the grand and glorious things you've done but they're going to fact check you well not as much as they did trump but they're going to fact check you and the reality is americans do not feel like your economy is good when in your economy they can't afford gas or groceries. When police aren't able to answer 911 phone calls because they don't have gas for their police cars. That's on you. And you could do something about it, but you choose not to do anything about it. And the best you've got is a press corps making excuses for you, not holding you accountable, and in fact, uh, giving you license to say that uh, there's nothing you can do. You've, you've done everything you can do. When that's not true at all. You know, here's the thing. If this president wanted to fix the economy today, he could go out and say, I declare a truce with the oil and gas industry. Turns out we need more oil and natural gas. I want them to produce as much as they can. We will get all the regulations out of the way possible. I'm directing my administration to work with Exxon, Mobil, BP, you name it, to expedite the production of oil, get it out of Anwar in Alaska, open up the Gulf of Mexico, and do what is necessary to extract all the oil we can to lower gas prices. If he did that, it would have an immediate impact on the market. We know because it did in the past when George Bush did something similar. It may take a year or two to get the oil out of the ground, but the gas prices are going to start going down. When gas prices start going down, energy prices start going down. When energy prices start going down, well, other prices start going down. Because most of our inflation is because of energy.
70% of it is estimated by economists to be about energy prices. But the Biden administration instead wants to go on Jimmy Kimmel and say the silver lining in high gas prices is we can go to renewables and a clean energy. Here's Senator Brasso of Wyoming on that. This is an administration that is out of touch, tone deaf, and gasoline prices are now approaching $5 a gallon all across the country, and they want to use the Defense Production Act, which is supposed to be used for national security emergencies, to build solar panels. I mean, they're pretending that green energy is a national security emergency. This is an abuse of power by an administration that refuses to go to the real solutions for the high cost of energy, which is more oil and gas produced in America. And Americans understand that. Joe Biden can say he has a communications problem. Joe Biden can say the press isn't carrying his water for him enough. Joe Biden can say a lot of things. But at the end of the day, what he will not say is we need to produce more oil and gas. And until he does, our energy prices are going to be high. And your pain at the pump is going to be excessive. And you're going to have a voter backlash against the Democrats. There's nothing they can say or do in the committee hearings for January 6th tonight. Nothing they can say or do to change that. The only thing they can do is fundraise more with Democratic donors. Maybe raise some money to mitigate their losses in November. But the losses are coming. That's just the reality. And Joe Biden has a lot to do with that. He is to blame. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got him as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Well, y'all, this is going to be my easy cop-out segment because I just want to play you an extended bit of audio. Uh, my dear friend, Chip Roy, congressman from Texas, on the program a lot. I'm actually texting him right now about bourbon. <laughs> and I just, I want to play you his floor speech because somebody had to say it. Why do we have guns? Why do we have the Second Amendment? Is it to hunt? Sure. Self-defense? That's even more important. But the fact is... You read the founders, Federalist 46, James Madison, 
Contrast this with the tyrannical governments of Europe who are, quote, afraid to trust the people with arms. Joseph Story, in his commentaries on the Constitution in 1833, quote, the right of the citizens to keep and bear arms has justly been considered as the palladium of the liberties of a republic, since it offers a strong moral check against the usurpation and arbitrary power of rulers, and will generally, even if these are successful in the first instance, enable the people to resist and triumph over them. We have a Second Amendment because we understand in this country that there are some things, inalienable rights, that you cannot justly take away from a free and equal human being. Tyrants disarm the people they intend to oppress. Those are the facts. Jewish people in Germany were prohibited from owning arms. 13 million Jews were exterminated by the Nazis. The Soviets instituted gun control and millions were killed. 20 million dissidents were rounded up and exterminated. Mao disarmed the Chinese people. 20 million dissidents were exterminated. In Cambodia, the Khmer Rouge were able to take advantage of the fact that limited gun ownership to just hunters and killed 1.5 million to 3 million Cambodians. Turkey disarmed Armenians and 1.5 million Armenians were killed in the Armenian Genocide. The South disarmed slaves and actively fought against their arming. And then in the 20th century, armed black army veterans, for example, in Louisiana, were able to defend against the KKK. Even fact-checking organizations, Snopes said, quote, we find it reasonable to conclude that gun confiscations facilitated by laws requiring the registration and licensing of firearms played a crucial role in the carrying out of 20th century genocides. This is not fiction. This is in our lifetime. This is in our grandparents' lifetime. This is in our recent history. This is why the Second Amendment matters. It's not trivial. It's not something you just brush aside. This is a foundation of liberty. It's who we are. But in order to sell a lie to the American people that the government will protect them from all manners of evil while defunding the police, leaving our borders wide open, I'm glad my colleagues can suddenly find Uvalde on a map. While allowing dangerous cartels operating hundreds of miles into Texas, allowing fentanyl to pour into our communities and kill tens of thousands of children, the very children my colleagues say they wish to protect. In order to do this, Democrats in this body are willing to take away a citizen's God-given right, yes, God-given right that was mocked earlier, to protect himself or herself or her family or his family from harm. The very harm they foster by appeasing lawlessness and importantly from the very tyranny being applied to them to deny that right. That is what is at stake. This bill, and it gets brushed aside, raised the age limit. Well, there are constitutional questions to that in the Fourth Circuit, Ninth Circuit, and other circuits. The second title on straw purchases, the very straw purchases that Democrat DAs don't even want to really prosecute, would prohibit a law-abiding citizen from giving a gun to a friend as a gift. That's Chip Roy. Congressman from Texas, I'm retweeting this right now. If you follow me on Twitter at E.W. Erickson, uh, you can see what Chip uh, is saying. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. So I'm just going to go off on something non-political for just a moment here. About 30 minutes before the show yesterday. I was trying to prep onion rings. I sent out the recipe yesterday. 
I was trying to prep onion rings. The kids wanted them for supper again last night. And, you know, I, I use a mandolin to slice uniform onion rings. And I just, I needed to cut the top off, cut the bottom off one of the onions. And normally I use a knife, and you know, so I'll just whack it off with the mandolin. And I didn't put the little clamp thing down on it. I just grabbed it with my hand and away I went and it got cattywampus and my thumb went through the mandolin. And I, those of you can see on camera, I have lost a portion of my thumb. I did not want to go immediately to the emergency room yesterday. It was going to take them a little while to see me anyway. Um, so I, I held my thumb. I have blood. Oh, I'm yeah, definitely. I have blood on my desk still. <laughs> um, I'm on blood thinner, which made it somewhat awkward, but I needed to get to the, the Brett Kavanaugh news yesterday. That would be assassin. It was very important that I do that with you live as that news was happening. So I did that the first 30 minutes of the show. And then I went to the ER. There's nothing to stitch. There's just no thumb there. Uh, uh, but they had to get the bleeding stopped. It took them about an hour. I came back and I did the rest of the show. And I went in, they had everything on the computer already. I'd, I'd gone to the, this, um, this was tied to one of the local hospitals. So they already had all my information on file. They just checked my ID and current, uh, insurance card, but I didn't have to fill out a bunch of paperwork. They took me back. They spent an hour. They got it settled. I'm all bandaged up. I got to go back tomorrow. They'll take it off. Um, but here's something. So I am missing the side of my thumb. Didn't get the nail. Thank God. Um, but I'm missing the side of my thumb. There's nothing to stitch back. I found it amid the um, onion rings. They didn't get fried or battered. Caught it on the on the chopping block. But they didn't give me any pain medicine. None. Now, I, because I'm on blood thinner and they're worried about the, the bleeding, they told me, take Tylenol. Don't take ibuprofen. Don't take aspirin. Take nothing for pain. Don't take a leave. Just take Tylenol. I can assure you all, when you lose a portion of your thumb, Tylenol does not stop the pain. Now, I'm in pain. I did not want to take pain medicine uh, because I need, I've got to do a three-hour radio show. And I did not want to be foggy in my brain. But there are a couple of things I want to note here. Uh, one, uh, I think we've kind of overcorrected on the pain medicine. Look, I get addiction. I do. Uh, I thankfully uh, had some pain medicine from a while back that had not yet expired. And I, there's no way I would have slept last night had I not had pain medicine. Uh, just flat out, my thumb genuinely hurts. I had a golf club to the side of my head over Christmas and had uh, stitches put in the side of my head. My thumb hurts worse than that. And the solution for the hospital was take Tylenol. Tylenol doesn't stop the pain. I think we've overcorrected on the hesitancy to prescribe pain medicine. I, I, I do. Even if you just gave me like three pills and said, take one at night, uh, deal with it during the day, at least uh, get, get sleep, help you sleep through the pain, which I did with the pain medicine I took last night. I had to do TV yesterday and I had a phone call afterwards, so I couldn't, and I had to fry onion rings yesterday. So I, I didn't even want to attempt pain medicine until I went to bed, but I was able to sleep. And I assure you that I, I couldn't have gone to sleep because the pain medicine stopped working sometime around five or six this morning. And I woke up in excruciating pain. Literally, I'm, I'm missing part of a thumb. 
and they didn't want to numb it. They didn't. I mean, nothing. And I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want you to think I'm criticizing them. I'm criticizing the entirety of medicine these days. In that uh, we're so freaked out about addiction and pain, and of course we do need to recognize the reason we are is because of a bunch of addicts who doctor shop to try to get pain medicine. But there's a corollary here as well, and that is the number of people. I mentioned this on social media last night. The number of people who said just go find marijuana. I had two people who will go nameless who are friends of mine say, I can bring you something for your pain, marijuana. I didn't even know. I'm like, man, um, (laughs) suddenly it explained some things. I I had no idea, though. But the number of people who have gone to marijuana because they're in pain and doctor's office like, yeah, we're not going to give you any pain medicine. I, I was actually, I wasn't expecting that reaction. I was expecting that there would be someone out there, a friend who might say, I, you know, I live close. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you one of my um, uh, hydrocodone pills or something. It wouldn't have surprised me, but no, instead it was two people said, I'll bring you weed. Uh, or, and a lot of other people say, just just go find someone to buy marijuana from. That'll, that'll take care of the pain. Um, uh, luckily, I... I was able to track down. I mean, listen, those of you who know our health history in this house, we got lots of medicine, uh, was able to find pain medicine to be able to take. But it's striking to me the number of people who are now just very openly like, yeah, they're not going to give me a pain pill. I'm going to go find weed somewhere. And I guess that's supposed to knock out your pain. Um, I think we've overcorrected as a society. Uh, And there's reason that we overcorrected. There is uh, addiction, uh, the opioid addiction, fentanyl and the like. But, I mean, come on, you you, you chop off a portion of your thumb on accident. They're like, yeah, take Tylenol. It's frustrating. And part of this you do need to understand, I actually am in pain right now. And it it, it frustrates me uh, to no end that um, when I, I get. I think everybody does. You get uncomfortable and you get a little antsy and, and annoying and annoyed when you're in constant hurting. And it's just, it's like the burning and the throbbing at the same time. But there, there's something else here too. And I mentioned this a little bit the other day. I had to go to a doctor actually yesterday morning. So I, I'm, I'm in my mid forties. It used to be when you were over 50, they wanted you to do colonoscopy. And now they're like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it when you, you hit your mid forties. So I got to do the colonoscopy thing at the end of August, but I had to go in for the consult. Now I know the doctor, the doctor's a brilliant guy, uh, super nice, very much like him. And um, they sent me a link online to fill out the online paperwork to digitally transmit a copy of my insurance card uh, to fill out all the what are what drugs are you on? Give them all that information. They've got it on their information anyway because they're they're I'm in the hospital network and I allow them to share the information. So why is it in the 21st century in the United States of America when all of this information is already in the file that I've already said could be shared between doctors? I've got to fill it out online. But wait, there's more. I also had to put it all on paper. I had to fill it out on paperwork as well. I had, I had to do it all on paper and sign everything. Why do we still have to do this in the 21st century? In fact, I was told if I didn't show up with the paperwork filled out, that someone else would go ahead of me in the appointment while I filled out the paperwork. And it was the exact same paperwork minus a couple of pages that I had filled out online. It was all the information that was already online. Why do I need to hand write out my insurance information when they already have a digital copy of my insurance card? 
Why do I need to put in my home address and information when they already have that online? Why do I need to fill out all the medicines that I'm on when they already have that? And I know they have that because yesterday when I chopped off part of my finger and I had to go to the little dock in the box outlet, they were able to pull up all the medicines that I'm already on. They already knew. They already knew my allergies. And it's all in the same hospital network. Something, there are inefficiencies in the system, and it is those inefficiencies that over time trickle to, to adding up costs in the system. It's not good. It's, it's deeply frustrating. And I, I'm, I'm annoyed in part because of the, the, um, the pain issue, but I'm more so annoyed in having to, in my handwriting, you should know, the more I've typed over the years, the worse my handwriting is. I, I have terrible hair. I've always had bad handwriting. I used to write very, very, very tiny. Uh, and I was I had very good handwriting in like eight or nine point type. As my handwriting has gotten bigger, it magnifies the inconsistencies and my handwriting's bad. I would prefer to type everything online anyway. I feel bad for the doctors and nurses who have to figure all this stuff out. It's not a good situation. But all that being said, I don't understand the inefficiencies in a medical system that continues to make you fill out forms over and over and over when all of us have iPhones or smart devices or computers. For the most part, there are some who don't, but very few, and the rest of us could do it all online. And if there's anyone in the medical community listening who can deal with this stuff, I realize you have different hospital networks, different providers, but when I'm in a hospital network and all the doctors that I go to are in the same hospital network, I'm not sure why I have to continually fill out the forms over and over and over and over. Just keep the stuff updated online. Allow me a link that I can fill it out online. And when you do, as the doctor's office did yesterday, don't then make me fill out a pile of printed paperwork. That's the same stuff I did online. It's frustrating. And I just wanted to get that off my chest. Part of this is uh, healthcare continues to be a problem for so many Americans. And um, with healthcare being a problem for so many Americans, uh, healthcare is a problem for so many Americans. We're trying to find efficiencies in the process. And the efficiencies in the process uh, seem to me that they would be far better if we could minimize uh, duplication of paperwork and things like that. And if we could share more resources and more information across the board. Now, I'm a privacy advocate. It's one reason I do like Apple more than other digital products, because Apple tends to protect your privacy far more than a Google or something. I mean, uh, so much of Google and even Facebook. Now, listen, I know the folks at Facebook and they get mad when I say this, but it's true. You are the product being sold on Google and Facebook. You are you get all their stuff for free and in exchange they sell you to advertisers who they sell ads to you. Apple doesn't do that. You buy the product, the product is more expensive, but then they protect your privacy and you're not being targeted everywhere with, with malicious advertising and the like. And Part of the reason, you know, people think that your devices listen to you. They don't actually listen to you. I've talked to plenty of people in the business who will tell me, yes, you have a conversation with someone. And in that conversation, you mention a product and then you start seeing that product. Uh, the odds are that the person you talked to probably Googled the product after you talked to them. And because you had been tied together at some earlier moment or you looked it up before or since, you're suddenly seeing it. And it's one of those situations. Oh, what is it? The, the uh, Kruger uh, effect, whatever, where, where um, you you suddenly start seeing stuff that you were not aware of and, and suddenly you're like, I hadn't been seeing this ad. And actually, you had been seeing the ad. You're just now mindful of it because you had the conversation. 
There are a lot of people who run into this, though. So many people, I, for a very long time, have believed that your devices must be listening to you. But let's, if we think about it logically, though, one, given the number of hackers who expose all this stuff, someone would have exposed the code already. Two, if you listen to the people who are opposed to this stuff and know how it works, they say, no, it's not your device listening to you. We all believe it is. What it actually is, is they are so good at targeting you and your interests and your behavior based on who you're around and what you're doing and what that person is doing, that it makes it look like they're listening in on your conversation when actually they're not listening in. They don't need to listen in. They have copious amounts of data uh, that even can generally pick up the points of when you're connected to this person and you and this person have similar interests, the odds are you're both probably going to be talking about those interests. And the result is you're going to, um, you're going to start seeing ads related to those interests. They follow your IP address around. They're not listening to you. That's why I like Apple it's, and I because they don't do this and, and they protect your privacy. And I get your desire for privacy and I get hospitals desire for privacy and I get HIPAA and I get all of that stuff. But it seems like if I've gone into a hospital network and all of my doctors are within that network and I sign all the permissions saying you can share my information, why the heck do I still have to show up 15, 20 minutes early and fill out 15 pages of paperwork? That's the same paperwork I've already filled out before. The inefficiencies in the hospital system continue to drive up costs and burdens for doctors and for patients. And in the 21st century, it seems like we should be able to get past this with a simple waiver or computer or something. But we're in the 21st century and we're seeing weird things happen. And one of those weird things happen is the Carter era economy has come back with a vengeance. I mean, 40 year high inflation and my stack of stuff emailed today. The jobless claims have, have gone up. Um, we got some warning signs happening. They're predicting a recession at the beginning of next year. Now we'll get into that when we come back, but that means it's time to tell you about gold co again, because with a recession being predicted for the beginning of 2023 with inflation as high as it is with gas prices, as high as it is, you've got ebbs and flows in your stock portfolio where you probably need some leveling out and gold and silver may be able to help you get that. You don't have a lot of options, but you might be able to protect your money with physical gold and silver. So if you call my friends at gold co, at 855-904-5933. At the very least, you can get their free wealth protection kit from them to learn how to use precious metals to protect and grow your money. But also thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. So call my friends at Gold Co. Find out if you qualify for their special offer. They've helped thousands of Americans already. They might be able to help you. What you do is you call 855-904-5933. Or if you don't have a pen and pad handy, just remember this. If you text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, text my name to 33777, I will send you back a link to Gold Co.'s phone number. You can click it on your phone call them, tell them I sent you see, well, first of all, get their free wealth protection kit, but also see they might be a good partner for you. Text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. So here's the thing. Um, we've had, my, my wife's had a laptop with Simply Mac. It's been in for repair. We got a call. It looks like I thought it was this morning, but actually it was late last evening, the phone call to come pick up her laptop. They've gone out of business nationwide. Simply Mac has shut down. Uh, the CEO released a statement saying they have no more money to pay employees even for today. So every Simply Mac store in America is closed now. So how do we get our laptop back? 
Uh, my wife is actually just texting me saying there's a handwritten sign saying they will contact customers to pick up laptops. Uh, yikes. Uh, that's not good. Uh, we would like our laptop back, please. Um, yeah, if, if you if you got something at Simply Mac anywhere in the country, they are out of business, effective as of this morning. So, man, prayers for the employees. News for them, the CEO says they're out of money, uh, can't even pay people for today. Um, gosh. You know, maybe they should have reached out to First Liberty Building and Loan, uh, see if they could have helped them. First Liberty, they might be able to help your business grow. We're talking uh, big deals, $750,000 or more. You go to firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. They may be able to help you, uh, possibly able to help you. Um, A lot of banks are telling people no. And First Liberty wants to help you get to yes. So go to firstlibertyga.com, spend 10 minutes with them, tell them I sent you, see if they can help you. Now, uh, when we come back, I want to take your phone calls. Uh, I don't have time. It's going to be a disservice to all of you if I try to take your phone calls right now because I've only got about a minute. Uh, But the phone number is 877-973-7425. I'll start with your phone calls, but then we got to move on to other stuff including uh, the Democrats, uh, they're taking a play out of the Todd Aiken textbook you need to know about. In Colorado, Democrats are pouring their money in to help a Republican candidate get the nomination for the Senate. Uh, he's a, a far-right candidate that will not play well in, in Colorado. They've done this before there as well with the Tom Tancredo situation a few years ago. Democrats are doing this more and more around the country. They are trying to help get the Republican nomination candidates who won't play well in the general election by pouring in Democratic attacks so that uh, dumb people think, oh, they must be scared of this guy. I'll go vote for him in the primary. Turns out, no, that's who they wanted you to vote for. It's a Br'er Rabbit moment the Democrats are embracing. You need to know about it. But also, they got enough problems that even Bernie Sanders is out there telling Democrats, you got to change your message and you got to do it ASAP. You're going to get toast. You're going to be toast in November if you do not figure out how to beat the Republicans in your current messages working. Bernie Sanders is saying that. I've got all those details. we got a lot more stuff to talk about as well, including the FBI investigating a general who's now in charge of the Brookings Institute. They put him on leave. It looks like he may have been uh, working for Qatar behind the scenes. Oh, there's a bigger issue here when it comes to the senior officers in our military that you need to know about, and we'll discuss. I'll take your phone calls as well, 877-973-7425. It's Eric Erickson, Nationwide from Atlanta, Georgia.